Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, greetings. Welcome in on a Thursday morning, December 8th, 2022. Right now we've got 21 degrees in the capital city on our way to a uh, High in the upper 30s with uh, maybe a little bit of the dicey precipitation situation. We'll get into that here just a little bit more. Tell you what you can expect today. But first, let's tell you what you can expect on the show today. Uh, Jump into your sound off here in about a half hour uh, at 710. It's Ticket Thursday. We are giving away a nice little package of tickets today. We'll give away tickets to Nebraska-Purdue basketball on Saturday. I think it's going to be a very good atmosphere in Pinnacle Bank Arena Number on four Saturday. in the country, Number Purdue. four, Nebraska's killer schedule continues. I haven't... Uh, now, It. I'm, uh, this is speculation. It hasn't been confirmed, but I would not be surprised if they're in town, if this might be a game where some of the football staff might be introduced at halftime, or they may wait until uh, they get the whole staff put together, which it still isn't, but that's also something that may be happening. Nonetheless, it'll be a uh, a good basketball game, and I think probably a different atmosphere after that Creighton win in Pinnacle Bank Arena than we've seen for a for while. Sure. Plus, we're pairing it with an Alumni Hall gift card, so you can uh, get yourself a shirt or a hat to wear to the $25. game before. $25. So uh, that's a nice little package. We're going back to a lie detector like we did last week, another holiday-themed one. We had a lot of fun with that one last week, so be listening for our version of 20 Questions your cue to call at about 710 this morning. Is it Christmas movies so we can argue about Die Hard? It is. Okay. I I mean, I want to know that we're going to argue about Die Hard, but we... I saw someone say today Lethal Weapon's a Christmas movie. Okay, now that's getting out of hand. (laughs) So, we're going to do Christmas movies. Which Christmas movie are we thinking of today? We had fun with Christmas Song last week. So, Christmas movie this week at 710. Uh, And then Morning Drive, the 8 o'clock hour, the Grow Lincoln team, Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers, and uh, Greg Sharp will join us to talk a little bit about uh, Matt Rule's staff putting it together the first week or so uh, of the Matt Rule era and uh, get his takes on some of that. So there you go. That's what we've got coming up today. Let's start you out, though, with the weather situation, which right now is just, you know, it's just seasonably cold outside, not much precipitation. Uh, Right now, the precipitation that is happening in the state is an area of freezing rain that's moving along the Nebraska-Kansas border right at the uh, right toward the southeast corner of the state right now so uh we're talking a little bit of a uh, little bit maybe in the Beatrice area into Fall City and then going over the border uh into to to Maryville and and uh Nebraska City may be impacted by that um so that's where it is right now there is still an expectation that this precipitation is going to expand today mark what's the latest i know the national weather service has been kind of tweaking their forecast on this throughout the course of the last 24 hours what's the latest in terms of what and when people should expect well the winter weather advisory is in effect now goes till six tonight uh this area precip uh, down along the border it's now almost uh, well it's right at the edge of wymore Tecumseh, and it yeah. is building up into our area. It's going into uh, quite a bit colder weather. It's in the uh, low teens out in Grand Island already this morning. So uh, it, we're expecting it yeah, probably in the course of the next two to three hours to uh, be in our area. And then could be freezing rain, could be mixed with snow, 
could turn to snow and then maybe even warm up enough this afternoon where it's all rain. Mm. Okay, so yeah. That's, that's still kind of the way it's going. There's a warm front up to the north of us, believe it or not, um, and whether that uh, northwest of us and expecting that to kind of maybe overshadow some of the, the colder temps and uh, make it more rain. But it's going to be dicey because we're right on that. Yeah, that line. Yeah, um, we we just looking at the very latest as of oh about an hour and a half ago. National Weather Service put out some new maps. Uh, don't expect significant snowfall in Lincoln. Maybe like you said, they'll get a little mixed in and and a trace. Um, the snow is expected to be north uh, of here, up in the in the North South Dakota border and and kind of that tri-state border uh, by South Sioux City, but. They can keep it up. The, yeah, that's exactly right. But the ice accumulation, they've actually bumped the higher ice accumulations a little bit to the west of us with the latest forecasts. Um, they do have Lincoln still at about a tenth of an inch possible of ice, which you don't need a lot, uh, obviously. <laughs> you don't even need that much. Right. You, you don't need a lot. We saw that a little bit uh, about a week or so ago. My, there was just this little bit in our driveway, or excuse me, our, yes. our front porch became ridiculously slick so uh, if we do see that 0.08 of ice that could significantly impact just your ability getting around walking driving those sorts of things and it'll be changing uh, it once it starts the road condition should change rapidly as this moves in i mean you could be driving along and all of a sudden you know they're just wet and now they're ice right Right. Now, in, in terms of uh, the National Weather Service put out last night, a little bit in terms of timing. Now, I don't know how much this has shifted, but it kind of goes along, Mark, with, with what you said. They've got that, that lowest band along the Nebraska-Kansas border. They, they forecasted last night uh, to impact from 6 to 8 a.m., and then another band to the north of that that will include basically the I-80 corridor um, uh, through Lincoln, at least, from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. is when they were saying it was going to be impacted last night. And then basically further north that you get the later in the day it's going to hit. And that's why they're expecting maybe later in the day that that snow up in the Hardington, you know, Niobrara, Sioux City area uh, as well. But, yeah, right now looking at 8 to 10 a.m., hopefully, knock on wood, Mark, um, it, yeah. If it does happen, it's it's uh, after most of the morning commute. Most of the kids are at school, yes, uh, and then and then maybe a little bit of maybe a little bit of sunshine, possibly later in the day. But at least temperatures that uh, may keep that from just being a sheet of ice here in the in the mid afternoon and in the afternoon as people are going home this evening. And for this kind of weather, it's an ill wind because it's out of the northeast. Yeah, and that always brings. Yes. Yeah. Not, not yeah, huge. Weather. Not huge wind. Though no. it looks like we're about seven miles an hour most of the day today. So that won't. That shouldn't be too bad. So no. But northeast winds just always bring out in trouble. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So anyway, that is your uh, weather situation now. Um, while there are some cancellations in the state, some postponements, nothing uh, significant school wise here uh, in in Lincoln. At least I can say that. Um, and we do have the closings uh, posted at. Uh, KLIN.com, yes. our, our uh, weather threat. Exactly. Um, all right, so that is your uh, that is your weather situation. Um, and, <laughs> you know, maybe some of this falling while Nebraska volleyball gets going in the NCAA tournament, which yeah. the much maligned uh, 10 a.m. start in Louisville versus Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be, that'll be coming up 
uh, pregame at 9.30. The game starts at 10. And Over yeah, on B1073. On B1073, I should say. It's on our sister station today. Normal programming here. But if you want to hear the radio, if you're at work today, uh, you can do it on your, your Amazon Echo device or you can do it on a radio or online uh, and take a listen to the game. Or if you've got the app for them, you can listen to that game today. I know The not, free app. Not nearly as many people are going to be able to watch it as per usual. Um, I'm not going to comment as to whether people use it in schools. Uh, that's, uh, you, you know, I don't want to tell the kids not to be, not to be paying attention in schools. So I'm going to tell the teachers and administration, they should be rolling TVs. Roll those those TVs in. There we go. Roll them in. Hopefully Nebraska gets a uh, W there and then advances to take on Louisville on most likely on Saturday. Yeah, probably. Who they play? Purdue. No, no they, that they one's passed. They, they already, already beat, beat Purdue. Purdue. Who who is it that they play? I forget. I used I I knew this a while back, and now I can't remember what their matchup is today. Um, while you're looking that up, it will be interesting. They're gonna. I'm I'm assuming Caleb that first game, that Nebraska Oregon game in Louisville, especially with the 10 a.m. start. That's gonna be a that is gonna be Baylor. A, Baylor. That's right. Baylor always seems to come up in Nebraska's bracket in these tournaments. Th- that gym is gonna be a ghost town, don't you think? Yeah, and they're playing it. Uh, didn't they move it over to the Yum Center to mm-hmm. the bigger gym? That is, there's going to be nobody there for that thing. So if you remember, whatever Nebraska fans and Oregon fans got over there, but so when no- Nebraska had one of these early starts uh, several years back, but Nebraska was hosting when they did it, mm-hmm. and the place was still packed. And the right. re- and the reason that you could still do that when Nebraska was hosting is because Nebraska was still going to pack the place no matter what time they were playing. Louisville's not going to do that, right? Yeah, they don't have a home team. For, yeah, for yeah. two of the teams that aren't aren't even the right. ones that are they'll, hosting. Co- they'll come to the later match, I'm sure. Yeah. but th- they probably have another match d- scheduled for one o'clock or something like that. But now, what the TV is going for is that they'll get more TV numbers yeah. at this time. Yep. So uh, anyway, that's the plan today. We're uh, we're hoping for a win, but uh, yeah, 10 a.m. Not <laughs> we're actually in a pregame mode right now a little bit for that match. A um, couple of news items that I wanted to hit on here, um, politics-wise. We, you know, we kind of had a jokey time. Was it yesterday when we were talking about potentially election twenty twenty two continuing locally yep. with this legislative race? Well, it is. see, uh, Russ Barger filed suit. Yep. Um, he he wants a recount in a his hand recount. a legislative race. Right. He wants a hand recount. Secretary of State says, nah, we're just going to do it the way we always do it. We're going to do a machine recount with this thing. Barger says, well, there's no specification in the statute that says I can't get a hand recount. And I believe that I'm entitled to that if I pay for it. And the Secretary of State's office said no. And so Barger has now filed suit demanding a hand recount. In this whole thing. Now, in order for him, the the vote on this was 5,960 to 5,736. So um, my quick math here, that is about 200, uh, 224, exactly 224, uh, if my math is right there. So you'd have to flip half of those, right? Half of those would have to change. So 112 votes would have to be different to do that. I don't know if Barger thinks he's it's it's more likely I suppose I suppose the thought process mark is well they ran him through the machines once the machines are going to be consistent with what they're doing right. so it's going to be basically the exact same thing I've got a better chance of having a different result if we use a different method in counting them and maybe he th- but 
still, that's, I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of things, that's definitely a not, a, not a lot of votes, but it feels like that would be quite a few to have flipped, it's, it's even a, through a hand recount. It's outside the 1% that would have, a 1% difference yes. that would have uh, mandated a recount, right. but, right. Uh, you know, if if he's got some reason to believe uh, that there could be a... A change? Why I not guess, go for it? I, I guess if you got the if you got the money to spend and you want to do a hail mary, I, yep. I suppose go for it. And and um, like we said yesterday, there is quite actually a lot hanging on this from a statewide perspective perspective in the balance of power in the legislature. Uh, so we'll see how he does. We'll see if the court. I mean, it could. The biggest thing about this really could be it sort of just changing the precedent in terms of what you can ask for as a candidate in terms of getting a recount. Are you, are you entitled to a hand recount if you want a hand recount under and are willing to pay for it and are willing to pay, which, what did it say? 6,000 bucks. I believe that's what it was to to be able to do that. Then the other, the other little bit of news is, uh, we, uh, we learn perhaps people knew this already. Um, but we learned that the governor, the new governor, governor elect Pillen, is also like his predecessor not going to be living in the governor's mansion uh so it will lie fallow as it were for another term after the pete ricketts terms uh concluded and so over a decade that will have nobody actually living in the governor's mansion now they do still hold events there they have tours there i'm sure they do meetings in there and all those sorts of things and and you know, it's interesting to see this just in terms of those of you who commute for your job. I wonder what you think of this because Ricketts was doing it from Omaha. And that's one thing I know. A lo- I know several people um, who have commuted, who do commute regularly to Omaha and make that completely work. Pillen, though, you know where he lives. He lives in Columbus. Okay. You no, know, it's about what? Two hours. <laughs> and that is a, that is a. That drive is just a pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, is my experience from from going to Columbus for sporting events. It's not like just it's not just like jump on the interstate and whip you're there after a little while. It's it's a different drive. I'm assuming I assume he has somebody who drives him. Um, but man, that sound does that not Where's sound? He fly? Well, does that not sound like a huge pain? Yeah, yes. like I'll commute. I would commute, but I think Omaha is kind of the limit for that, right? I would say Beatrice should be the limit. Beatrice, but then it's usually a weekend and maybe a long weekend, and it's a few days in the lake house. Waverly's my uh, limit. <laughs> Waverly's your limit for commuting? <laughs> what is the furthest? That's about as far as we're going to get. I don't care what the job is. What is the furthest or like the longest commute you would be okay with? Well, back in a former life, uh, not really a former life, but a long time ago, I commuted uh, for a year and a half from Topeka, Kansas to St. Joe, Missouri every day. How long is that? About 90 miles. Well, this is, what's Columbus? 75 miles? Uh, so it's it, probably more than that. It, well, it's... Let's, let's, let's let Google Maps tell me just real quick. And, and by the way, that drive to Columbus still may take longer just because of the nature of it. 76 miles? 76 miles. So kind of in the range of what you were doing there. I don't know. Did it drive you nuts? Were you were you able to be productive? I mean, I suppose if you've got someone driving you, you basically just work while you ride. So that is what that is much yeah. much better. I'm sh- but I assume he, the state patrol is driving him, right? I, I, absolutely. Yeah, it, or his uh, capital uh, police. Right. Uh, they are capital. 
I think the state security. patrol has that that duty most likely. So, um, so yeah, you can you make phone calls. It, it's a little different if you're not the one who's driving. I would say it's a uh, little yeah. bit more doable because you're you know you're making phone calls all day anyway, and you set up you know you get I don't know they they get the whatever that he drives in the beast for the governor to get Wi Fi in that thing. Uh, I have no idea. Work in there. That's I, I wonder that too. That'd be an interesting question. That'd be or, or does he just work virtually? Stay in Columbus? Yep, most of the time. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how often. Um, did I, I honestly don't know? The question is how often. There's probably some people who are listening who are closer into state government than we are that know. Was Ricketts here? Was he? Was he here most every day? Did he come to Lincoln most every day? Uh, I don't know. With as much as you can do remotely at this point, but should you be the governor and not? Be in Lincoln, well, especially should you the- be the mayor and not be in Lincoln? I mean, <laughs> we got all these people. Come on, come to Lincoln, folks. Let's go. Let's go. Also, what are we going to do with that gov- governor's mansion if nobody's going to live in it? Time to make that thing an Airbnb. Am I right? That would be <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, let's let's get a little revenue on that thing. Offset property taxes. What do you well, think? No property taxes. Oh, no offset. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's just. I mean, we already got the gambling money going in there. Let's take a real bite out of this thing. What do you think? What would you pay for a night in the governor's mansion, Airbnb? Five hundred. Does it come with the ability to sign things into law? Or not? <laughs> maybe something. <laughs> maybe just one of those like non-binding resolutions or or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's probably a five hundred night. How many bedrooms are in that thing? I don't know. What, what are you asking? I'm asking. I'm just asking. I'm. I'm. I'm not necessarily asking you specifically. Uh, Twenty-seven major rooms, fifteen thousand square feet, renovated in ninety-seven. Uh, it opened up in nineteen fifty-eight at a cost then of two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> a little uh, more than that now. Yeah. So. All right, that's what we've got going on this morning. 21 degrees, clear skies here at the moment. Precip expected, as we said, probably a couple of hours from right now. Earliest we'll probably see it is about 8 o'clock, so hopefully you can get all where you need to be in the morning before it all starts and gets a little bit dicey out there. And, and uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted throughout the show, though, on what we're seeing and what the timing on that looks like. All right, we'll take a break. Caleb's got sports next. Husker basketball last night goes to Indiana without a key cog. How do they do? Caleb will tell you about it next on KLIN. Why do you listen to KLIN? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. 
Uh, a couple quick things before we get into sound off. We've got uh, we've got our stops, I think, nailed down for the caroling trip, Caleb. Okay. Uh, we are Governor's going to be, mansion. Uh, well, we'll be. Clo- I think we'll be close <laughs> to it. We think we'll be close to it. Um, we are gonna we're gonna do the same thing we did last year out at um, Brian LGH East and uh, just awesome. kind of go outside. We know there are a lot of people. Um, whether it be whether it be people who are going to work, um, and again, incredibly busy time in the hospitals, um, even if it's not all COVID, but just a busy time in the hospitals. Um, and then you got obviously people who are there and and probably would not like to be there during the holidays and 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 perhaps visiting family, visiting loved ones. Uh, so we're going to try and spread a little cheer there. We are then uh, we're going to go to South Point Pavilions. South Point is going to welcome us in. So we'll be walking through South Point. So if you're out shopping on Sunday afternoon, uh, you may see us. Then we're going to go over to the downtown area, and uh, we're going to go out to the. Uh, we're going to go around the state capitol. Um, maybe do a little nice little photo op on the stairs of the state capitol or in front of Abe Lincoln uh, there. And so for anybody who happens to be out and about there, you may see and hear us. Uh, we're going to go to Tower Square, and then we're going to matriculate over to the uh, the Haymarket. From there and be kind of a, a a walking band of carolers. So that is the plan. Still time for you if you want to be a part of our uh, bus full of carolers on this Sunday from 3 to 6. All you got to do is go to KLIN.com, sign up, let us know that you're interested, and we should reserve a spot on the bus for you. Uh, we're going to meet here at 44th and O at 3 o'clock, and uh, we'll have you back here around 6. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just bring yourself, bring your friends, family. Uh, just let us know how many seats you might want. So we make sure we got room on the bus, and we'll have a good time out there. I've got uh, got my got my lyric sheets yesterday. Oh, good. Got those ready, so you don't even have to know all the words. We're not going to do like the sixth verse of it came upon a midnight clear, but even if you don't know all the words of the, you know the regular songs, we got you covered. Feliz Navidad. Uh, so yeah, Feliz Navidad. Yes, we did that one last year. We did that one last year. So that's number one. And then number two is uh, Request Line Friday. Tomorrow is Christmas Songs You Love to Hate. Mm -hmm. This is always a must listen, (laughs) even though it can be painful at times. It's always a must listen. And if you want to get out there the Christmas song you love to hate, text us in now uh, and make your request for Request Line Friday on the Rick Stein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. This one is always very entertaining, and I think we all kind of bond a little bit about these songs that we mutually tend to love to hate. So anyway, that's what we've got going on here in the coming days with KLIN. All right, sound off time. Uh, Supreme Court yesterday hearing oral argument on a case from North Carolina that has to do with states' powers to redraw election lines. Mm. This happens very frequently. In fact, this was discussed really extensively in several states when the results of the 2022, especially the House races, came in. In fact, in Nebraska as well. Uh, So some questions about what federal law says about what the states can and can't do. The U.S. Constitution gives state legislatures the power to regulate how they each conduct federal elections. That includes crafting voting districts. There have been notable cases in recent years in which state courts have struck down the maps their state legislatures came up with and ordered them redrawn. Is that a proper remedy or do the legislatures alone get to decide those lines? Well, at the heart of the case is this concept of the independent state legislature theory that 
State lawmakers get to call all the shots when it comes to questions about conducting federal elections. Attorneys for North Carolina lawmakers argue that they are the ones with all the authority and state courts get no say. All right. So there you go. It seemed I I, I don't know. I, I thought the Supreme Court seemed a little skeptical of of going super broad on this that would leave legislatures with unchecked basically with their power in terms of of making rules on this they had they had about three hours of of arguments on this nothing involving a kid sitting on santa's lap in a ku klux klan outfit uh this time around um but no i guess so they yeah they were asked essentially to eliminate uh eliminate the power of state courts to strike down legislature drawn um districts maps in states that that for for violating state constitutions on this but even if they don't go all the way there's there's various ways that they could go on this you know perhaps some sort of restraints on the state court in limited circumstances um there there, there's some some different ways that it could go on this but yeah if there's a broad ruling on this you know could have a lot of you could have basically different rules for federal and state elections on the same ballot with this new efforts to redraw congressional uh, districts. It's a it's a really significant case uh, in terms of what states are going to be able to do with election. And, and, and the bottom line on that is whatever party is in power state by state can be a different party mm-hmm. where they've got it really increases their ability to draw favorable favorable election lines uh, in the state, which, I mean, to me, just on principle and it, whatever state that you live in, whether it's conservative or or, or liberal uh, balance of power here in the state, that seems like a seems like a bad idea. <laughs> it just seems. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's where we are right now. Uh, all right. Did you hear what happened in Germany? They arrested a bunch of military and ex-military and kind of conspiracy theorists like they were gonna they were gonna go in and take over parliament like have a legit coup that was the plan take over the german government and this it sounds like this effort really had some teeth to it they wanted to install a former member of a german royal family as leader and an ex-paratrooper to run the military Prosecutors say suspects linked to the so-called Reich Citizens Movement had a plan to storm Parliament and take control by force. Interior Minister Nancy Faeser saying they were inspired by coup d'etat fantasies and conspiracy ideologies. She added the Reich citizens hate democracy and those who support the German community. Among the 25 suspects arrested were one active soldier, several reservists, and a former far-right lawmaker. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. So they they arrested 25 people on this. Um, Authorities there said the the, the goal was to uh, overturn the existing state order in Germany on this thing. And they united around Prince Heinrich XIII, which is, is a 70-year-old man. They were talking about this former yeah. member of German royalty. 71-year-old man, um, apparently has some controversial uh, political views. Um, he's a minor aristocrat and member of the former German royal house of Rus, 
Uh, but when the monarchy was abolished, when the Weimar Republic was founded in 1918. And so he is actually one of these people who have been detained. Um, wow. It's crazy um, with with this whole thing. And they've got a military wing. They had a plan, as you heard, that included a new military that went along with this. Like, this was way down the road. Wow. They scouted existing military uh, barracks in, in, in Germany as possible locations to house their own troops. They sought to recruit police officers to their cause. And uh yeah, it's so it's a just kind of a kind of a like big they, deal in Germany. They, like weren't, they, just, were, they like, weren't just dabbling it, in this. Yeah, they were they were actually putting a plan together for mm-hmm. this thing to actually happen. So wow. yeah. Uh you we heard I think we talked a little bit about this yesterday, at least uh, perhaps in, in the newscasts, but um Nebraska is getting some money from these jewel settlements. Yeah, uh, uh, the jewel, as in the the vaping device, and Nebraska is not the only one. They, they are paying out. They are just getting absolutely blitzed with these settlements that they're paying out all over the country right now. E-cigarette maker Jewel Labs has resolved more legal battles this week, announcing undisclosed settlements with some ten thousand plaintiffs covering more than five thousand cases involving its vaping products. The company blamed for the teenage vaping crisis with its sale and marketing of e-cigarettes has already settled with thirty-seven states and territories over the last year, and said it's in ongoing talks with other key stakeholders to resolve remaining litigation. The company is calling the settlements a major step toward strengthening its mission to transition adult smokers away from combustible cigarettes while combating underage use. Lillian Wu, Fox News. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and the the thing is, there was, uh, wasn't there a federal ruling that basically banned their sale and they appealed that and they were successful? So, like, you'll still see them on the, on the shelves at, at the gas station. Um, they've taken some steps that they believe make it less appealing to minors in that you can't get, I don't know, rainbow cherry flavor or, or whatever it is. Now you got to go with the, the hardcore tobacco tasting one or, or I think, or I think there's like a menthol, but, um, they're, they're trying to go a different direction. And so, uh, and that's what they say. Well, now we're, we're more focused on on smoking cessation for adults, essentially, other than things that were pretty clearly at least somewhat marketed toward toward younger people doing this, and that's why they're paying gobs and gobs and settlements for these things right now. Uh, how they stay financial solvent about uh, in this whole thing is another question as well. Um, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> this isn't a super... I mean, some people, I guess, might think this is pretty serious, but the Senate uh, passing legislation... When it comes to uh, big cats, thanks to the advocacy from one of the former cast members of Tiger King. What? How did this all come together? Okay. Yeah. The Senate unanimously passed the Big Cat Public Safety Act, a bill efforted through by animal rights activist and Tiger King star Carol Baskin. This bill has been the number one goal of my 30 years of advocacy to end the mistreatment of big cats. Baskin touting the victory in a video to her Big Cat Rescue YouTube channel. The Big Cat Public Safety Act adds on to previous law with provisions barring the use of these animals for petting and photo ops and phasing out unlicensed private ownership of big cats. Current owners must register their animals with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and are barred from breeding or selling the creatures. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. 
Yeah, I don't want a picture with a. I don't want a picture with a tiger. By the way, let's Photoshop that thing. That'd be fine. Uh, instead of standing next to those things, I see those ones at the Lincoln Zoo, and um, yeah, they look. They that would it would be terrifying to be one of, next to one of those. Um, I I, uh, I t- talked about this anecdotally on the show over the course of the last year or so. Um, I've, I've mentioned before I have a son who's a senior in high school and and thinking about colleges and um, uh, some, we had we had checked out some some colleges. Uh, may, I mean, looking at UNL and then some small colleges as well. And one of the things I was surprised about in doing that was how many of them said we don't use ACT. Uh, or standardized testing in admissions anymore. Some of them said we may still use it for scholarship selection, but we don't use them in in considering admissions anymore. Anymore, and I didn't realize how widespread that kind of trend was um, until I had done that. And now it sounds like it's maybe even more extensive than I realized. In 2019, 78 percent of early applicants to college reported standardized test scores. This year. It's down to 48% submitting scores. Janet Godwin, CEO of the ACT exam, insists standardized testing is useful to assess how prepared a student is for college. You can use those scores um, depending on where you're uh, planning to apply to college. Test optional is liberating for admissions staffs. Now they can select the class they want. Harry Fader is executive director of the National Center for Fair and Open Testing. I think it makes the job of college admissions offices uh, more interesting. In Washington, Mike (laughs) Emanuel. Fox News. I suppose there's, there's a lot more nuance to it when you don't have that number from the uh, from the ACT, and but that's almost cut in half over three years. And and the pandemic played a part on that, but I think that kind of started things going down the hill. And a lot of a lot of colleges just said, "Yeah, I don't. We're gonna we're gonna keep doing this now, even in post pandemic years." Um. Well, I I think we talked about this briefly after the election. I feel like this this is gonna have a kind of significant effect on our state uh in in various ways but missouri voted in november to legalize marijuana yeah okay that's uh to the east and to the west now that's going into uh that's going into effect yeah adults 21 and up in missouri are now allowed to legally possess up to three ounces of marijuana after voters there approved amendment three legalization of weed last month the state also creating an avenue for some nonviolent offenders currently serving sentences related to pot possession to potentially vacate the sentences and clear their records in november voters in maryland also approved legalizing weed is set for next year voters in arkansas and north and south dakota rejected it jeff manasso fox news so that it became uh it becomes legal i believe today so anyone 21 and older even if they don't have a medical marijuana card which they did have legal there will be able to buy it for recreational use Mm. um at at this point so but they've got to get the dispensary the dispensaries have to get approved to sell it recreationally uh there's going to be um additional sales tax on these as well they said they're doing right now they're doing 35 million a month the state is uh, through the dispensaries that they've got for medical marijuana right now they expect to almost triple that so they're thinking 84 million dollars a month um 
and and that is in in local in local sales in local yeah. tax revenue that goes wow along with it so um but only three ounces can't use it in the workplace <laughs> apparently according to this um does not prohibit employers from disciplining employees who are under the influence of alcohol or drugs um does not stop employers from refusing to hire anyone under the influence which i think that that makes sense as well yeah. and and you know they're in a situation where they had a border state illinois had had it since 2020 mm-hmm. and that probably impacted this this as well um all right couple more couple more things here uh, does it does it seem it it always seems like and i know we've been talking a lot about flu and and rsv and and covid as well but it's also just the time of year where it feels like everybody's getting colds yeah. right every, every, and and there's always this sort of this belief People, why are people getting colds in the winter more often? Why does it seem like it just it's just more likely to happen during the winter? And I always wondered if that was a myth, if there was actually some science to it. Maybe there actually is some science to it. Here's the explanation. The study, published this week in the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology, finds that cold air damages the nose's immune response, which may be why we have more respiratory illnesses in cold weather. Researchers at Harvard and Northeastern University in Boston did the study and say that dropping the temperature inside the nose by as little as 9 degrees kills about half of the billions of virus and bacteria-fighting cells in the nostrils. They exposed study participants to 15 minutes of 40-degree temperatures, then measured the conditions inside their noses. The scientists say wearing a mask helps keep the nose warm and boost immunity. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. So our nose army can't handle the cold. Yeah. The defenders of the nose start to die when you go outside and it's cold. And that's part of the problem with colds and and some of these other respiratory issues. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Last but not. Well, you know what? We better. We're going to call it good there. We're going to call it good there. I want to save our time. I don't want Caleb to get mad at me. So (laughs) we'll save this last one. We can do it tomorrow. 655. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on Lincoln's News and Talk 1400. 99.3 KLI. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, let's talk pets. Let's talk adoptions. Matt Mitchell from the Capital Humane Society joins us right now to tell us about some of the pets available. And we'd love for you to go and adopt from the Capital Humane Society. Hi, Matt. How are you doing this morning? Good. How about yourself? Really good. Uh, all right, let's hear about the pets that you got this week. So first off, we got Winslow, and he's approximately nine months old. He's a chocolate lab, neutered male, and weighs about 65 pounds. So he was surrendered to us because he just kind of had too much energy for his previous family. But uh, he's obviously a puppy, so he loves to play, definitely likes toys, and he's taking quickly to training as long as you got plenty of treats since he's very treat-motivated. Good. But uh, he'll likely end up getting a little bigger, so he'll probably be a 75-plus pound dog when it's all said and done. And uh, would love a home where you can get daily walks and plenty of playtime. All right, what else we got? Then we got Hippo, Panda, and Panther, and they're all uh, four to five month old domestic short hair black kittens. Panda's a uh, spade female, Hippo and Panther are neutered males, but they were surrendered to us last month, uh, kind of an unexpected litter sort of situation, and so they've been looking for a home for several weeks now, and all three are very playful and outgoing, and they kind of like to sit up high and keep an eye on everything going on around them. So they're looking for a home either together or separate. All right. We'd love for you to make adoptions from the Humane Society. Check them out if you're looking for a pet. Thanks so much, Matt. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Have a good one. There you go. Matt Mitchell, Capital Humane Society, 7 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Just a, a real quick uh, bit of uh, breaking news here. Um, was just confirmed that uh, Brittany Griner, WNBA star, has been released from Russian detention in a prisoner swap. For convicted Russian arms dealer Victor Bout, and just in the last five minutes, this is um, this is coming out. So, and I'm seeing the uh, president's going to speak on that coming up here at the yes. bottom of the hour. This does not include, as I understand, uh, people are wondering. Uh, Paul Whelan um, was not included in whatever arrangement um, that that you had here. So he, as I understand it, is still detained at this point in Russia. So a lot more on that. We'll, uh, Fox will have a bunch on that at the bottom of the hour, and maybe we'll get into it in the sound off as well. But right now it's time to uh, play Ticket Thursday again. We're thinking of a Christmas movie. And so you ask us uh, a question to narrow it down, a yes-no question, and then take a guess at the movie that we're thinking of. And uh, if you don't get it first time, you can call back. If you narrow it down, well, you might set yourself up for later in the contest. So let's go to the phones right now. Bill gets first crack at this. Good morning, Bill. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. All right. So we're thinking of a Christmas movie. So first, just give me a yes-no question that might uh, narrow it down before you make your guess. Is it more than 25 years old? Yes. Yes, it is more than 25 years old. Good start, by the is way. Good it, question. Okay. <laughs> is it It's a Wonderful Life? Is it It's a Wonderful Life? No, but... I don't know, Caleb. You Sometimes I think they're never going to get them, and then I'm like, well... Ask those right questions. <laughs> Ask those right questions, and things get crazy quickly. All right. Uh, Mike is next. Good morning, Mike. Morning, guys. All right. Hey, um, More than 25 years old is what we know. Right. Um, does it have to do with any uh, uh, animals you don't want to get wet? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. How about two obvious? White Christmas. Is it White Christmas? No. <laughs> I'll never understand the super oddly specific, super oddly specific question. But, you know, you do what you want with your guesses. That's fine. Uh, Matt is next. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good morning, Jack. Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Having fun. Uh, all right. So uh, Christmas movie, we know it's 25 years old, and it is not uh, about animals that you don't want to get wet. Yes, no question. What do you want to know? Was it filmed in color? Was it filmed? It is in color. color, Yes, it's in color. Yes. I'm just going to go with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Is it National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? 
No, it's not. I'm sorry. I I mean, I would love to do that, but that'd be way too obvious. <laughs> way too obvious. All right, Lewis. Good morning, Lewis. How are you? Good morning. Okay. All right. What's your question? Yeah, is it before 1970? No. No. So we know it's more than 25 years old, It's but it's after 1970. It's in color. That's what we. That's what we know. What's your question, or what's your guess? Um, is it Elf? Is it Elf? No, it's not Elf. Not Elf. All right. It's more than twenty-five years old, but not before nineteen seventy. So you have a range there. Yeah. Right. So you got nineteen seventy to late nineties. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, all right. Let's keep going. Uh, this is Scott. Morning, Scott. What's your uh, What's your guess? No question for us. Uh, is it animated? Is it animated? Good question. Is it animated? That is a good question. Uh, yes, it is animated. Yes, it is animated. Oh, I was hoping you'd say no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I narrowed it down a whole lot more by saying it was, though. Yeah, I know, but I can't think of any animated Christmas movies or that. And let's go with the Santa Claus. Is it the Santa Claus? No, no. Which isn't animated, by the way. All right, not the Santa Claus. All right, what? <laughs> Nothing. Bill is back. All right, so we know between 1970 and 25 years ago, so 1997, that would be, uh, we know it is what? We know it is animated. Uh, those are the main, and in color. That's what we know so far. All right. And it's not about. And not about gremlins. It's not gremlins. I'll just tell you And we now. know it's not gremlins. All right, Bill, yes, no question. That me? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's you. Is the main character green? Is the main character green? No. Main character isn't green, but I see what you're doing there. Uh, you have a guess for us? Uh, Christmas Story. Is it Christmas Story? No. Not animated. But I know, I know when you don't get, you know, where you think you're going to go, you got to throw something out fast, so I get it. Uh, all right, Brian is next. Uh, good morning, Brian. How are you doing? Is it the nightmare before Christmas? Is it the nightmare before Christmas? Good guess, but no. But you use your guess. Do you have another? You want to do another guess? I want to. I don't remember the title. A Tom Hanks movie. About it. There's a word training it, but I don't have a guess. I'm giving a code to the next person. Uh, all right, there you go. All right, there you go. Thank you. I know what he's thinking of, but I don't think that would be within the realm of the timeline that we're thinking of here with this. Uh, all right, Howdy, John. Morning, Howdy. howdy. All right, what, what's your yes or no question? Does it have reindeer in it? Does it have reindeer in it? Yes, yes it does have reindeer in it. Grandma we, got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Is that an actual movie? I don't. No, it's not. <laughs> All right, so let, let's sit back. We we know that it. Uh, we know that it uh, was after 1970, but before the late 90s. 25 years ago, whatever that is exactly. We know that it's animated. We know that it's in color. We know it involves reindeers. Um, it's in color. Yeah, what a, I think that's that. those are the main things that we've got animated so Animated in color. Animated, yeah. Uh, all right, Bill, uh, again. we got a lot of bills here. Uh, all right, Bill, yes, no question. Does it have a red nose on the reindeer? Uh, does it have a red? Y- yes. Yeah, it does. Is it Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Is it Rudolph? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. 
All right. This is a little bit of a tough one. And by the way, you can blame Caleb for this if you're if you're <laughs> unhappy with this. This was this one was one that he came up with and he likes very I much. I mean, if people listen to the top five Tuesday from a year ago, this was on my list. Oh, was it? Of top five Christmas favorite movies? Christmas movies. All right, four oh two four seven nine fourteen hundred. Animate them. We're playing for uh Husker basketball tickets to Purdue plus a gift card from Alumni Hall. This is like a good package of prizes here. Uh all right, Matt. Yes, no question about the movie that we're thinking of. Okay, yes, no question. Is it a full-length feature? Is it a full-length feature? Uh, no, it is. it actually is not. Which I think might have been, I didn't even, yeah. No, it is not a full-length feature. Oh, um, so I'm going to go with, gosh. I'm I'm just gonna go with Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman, no, but you I know what you're that was a good question. That was a good question. Caleb's going so deep on this one. I think. Maybe not. Maybe you guys will all maybe you guys will This all doesn't know this feel one. that deep. Isn't it? I don't know. Well, it's one of your favorites. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But I've never seen it. Uh, all right, Laura. So we know it's, uh, by the way, just to recap, we know it's animated. We know it was, it was between 70s and the late 90s. We know it's not a full-length feature. Um, I mean, you can, I think you can grab what that means. I'm not going to spell it out for you, but I think you can grab what it means. Uh, it does involve a reindeer. It does involve a reindeer with a red nose. I think we're getting close. Laura, yes, no question. Does it have the word Christmas in the title? Good question. No, no it does uh, not. <laughs> I have no idea then. No idea. Okay, there you go. You na- she narrowed it down though. Like, keep narrowing it. Keep narrowing it. All right, maybe Scott has it. Scott, what's your yes no question about this movie? Does it have the word Santa in the title? Yes. yes. The year without Santa Claus. Yes. There it is. Yes! You did it, Scott. Have you seen The Year Without Santa Claus? I have. Okay. Uh, Caleb, uh, it's a favorite of Caleb's. Neither Mark nor myself have seen it. <laughs> we we have not seen it. So there you go. Well, and people guessed around it by guessing other Rankin and Bass animated television right. specials. Right. It looks like, it looks like the Rudolph, stop motion. right? Yeah. 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 All right. There you go, Scott. You win. Hang tight. We're going to get your information. You're going to the basketball game and going to Alumni Hall. Congrats. All right, thanks. <laughs> Cold-blooded. Yeah. Cold-blooded Scott. Now, yeah. Uh, year before Santa Claus, 1974, stop-motion animated Christmas television television special. So I That's where the you Yeah, the, where it's not a full-length feature. film, but but but, you know, Rudolph was a television special too and I think The Grinch was a television special, too. And, and you would, so was Frosty. You would have said all of those were Christmas mm-hmm. movies, so I think that's fair game. Uh, by by Rankin-Bass. It's got it's, the heat miser and the snow miser. It's based miser. on Phyllis McGinley's 1956 book of the same name. It stars the voices of Mickey Rooney, Dick Sean, and George S. Irving. It broadcast on December 10th, 1974, on ABC. And it was narrated by Shirley Booth. Yeah. Yep. And you remember her great TV program that she was the star of uh, back in that day? <laughs> no, I honestly don't. Hazel. <laughs> Doesn't ring a bell for me, Mark. <laughs> she, she was the maid to um, 
the that rich family. That was from 1961 to 1966. That show was yep. on, so you, you can understand why I didn't watch. It. Well, she won an Academy Award, two primetime Emmys, and three Tonys. No, no slouch for for what they were going for here. There you go. Yes. So uh, that's it. It was released on VHS in 1991. <laughs> uh, I was born in 90, by the so way. So you were watching it on VHS probably, weren't you? Yeah, TV specials. They put it, did they yeah. put it on TV? They still play it on TV every year. They still play year. it on TV. Do they? Yeah. A sequel titled A Miser Brothers Christmas was produced in 2008 by Warner Brothers. Also used Mickey Rooney who was 88 at the time and played Santa Claus, and George Irving, who played eighty six, who was 86, played the Heat Miser. Mm-hmm. So there you go. A, the year without Santa Claus. All right. If you're mad about it, please talk to Caleb. Please direct <laughs> all, uh, all emails, texts, and uh, comments to Caleb for that one. All right, at 725, we'll take a break. Congratulations to Cold Blood Scott on winning the tickets and the Alumni Hall gift card. And uh, we got sports. Uh, Nebraska basketball, men's and women's got after it last night. We'll tell you what happened right after this on KLIN. Got an opinion on the latest Huskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's get things started right away with... Number five. Brittany Griner, WNBA star, who was held for months in Russian prisons on uh, drug charges, released today. It was a one-for-one prisoner swap for international arms dealer Victor Bout. CBS News first reported it early today from a U.S. official. The exchange negotiated with Moscow in recent weeks was given final approval by the president within just the last week, and it uh, took place in the United Arab Emirates. Yeah. So, my goodness. Um, signed off on the trade, which took place in the United Arab Emirates. What does that mean? Who is so they were in person? Like they they did this in person? Uh, evidently, yeah. They uh, uh, would have had U.S. officials with about and Russian officials with uh, Griner meet in the United Arab Emirates and get on their respective planes or modes of transportation. And so. So, Griner's going to be flown to a medical facility in San Antonio. She'll receive care there, uh, a senior administration official said. Her wife will meet her there at that point. Biden is going to talk in five minutes here, actually, 845 Eastern. So, five minutes about this. So, maybe know about this. But it's already being described as one of the most high-profile prison swaps between Moscow and Washington, really, since the, the Cold War. And they're getting back... Victor Bout, as you said, who Putin has been wanting to get back. He served 11 years of a 25 sentence in the United States. 
um, was an arms dealer. Um, yeah, and uh, the, and I guess the other thing is uh, Paul Whelan, um, which he's a, an American corporate security executive, remains jailed in Russia, was not any part of this. There had been reports previously that the prisoner swaps that they had discussed included both of them. Yes, it, um, it, it, the discussion. But that were, did not happen. No. He's a former former Marine alleged arrested for alleged spying, and I put alleged with quotes and sarcasm all over it um, because I'm sure there's something drummed up against him ridiculously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and so the, the Russian that they're getting back was sentenced to 25 years in federal prison in 2012. He was convicted of selling arms to Colombian rebels, which prosecutors said were intended to kill Americans. Kremlin has been demanding his release over the last decade, saying he was unfairly targeted in this whole thing. So, um, yeah. There's uh, pictures already out on, I believe it was the White House Twitter account, showed the uh, president with Griner's wife. Oh, he's There's, making... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, she was with the president in the White House when uh, he spoke with Griner in UAE. Okay. All right, he's uh, making uh, announcements, or he's making comments right now. Looks like he's got Kamala Harris behind him. Um, and is that is that the the wife also? Yes. Okay, I believe it is. Yeah, I think she's standing right behind him too with this whole thing. All right, uh, moving on. Number four. Well, we had some freezing precipitation down around the Kansas-Nebraska uh, border. It's going to move to the north as the day progresses. We're likely to have uh, freezing rain, rain uh, before 1 o'clock, freezing rain between 1 and 3, rain after that. Probably around 35 for the high, but through this, we could get up to a tenth of an inch of ice, so things could get a little dicey. Yeah, and I I guess the one, you know, the one positive about this whole thing is it's staying south of most of our listening area. The Lincoln Metro, at least, is staying south of here during the primary commute time right now and mark i pull it up again right now and it actually looks like the the precipitation that was going through the southeast corner of the state is kind of it's diminishing it's been diminishing yeah you're right and and moving into moving into missouri and and uh southwest iowa right now so there isn't much precipitation to speak of right now as i look at the radar over the whole eastern half of the state at this point i was listening to um Malcolm Byron on Channel 8 a little earlier, and he said, radar's having a tough time picking some of this ah. up because it's so light and and the conditions are just right. So you, you could be seeing some tri- different precipitation. Radar just doesn't pick it up. So Yeah, um, but if I guess the one thing to stress is if, if this does, if you do get that, if the timing of this precipitation is when you're still below freezing and even, it's not going to take much, Mark, for no. it to... For even if we are talking about the point, you know, the eight hundreds that they're forecasting uh, of a precipitation, if it falls like that, like rain, when it's you know what 25, 27 degrees, you could have a just a very quick slick situation uh, in some areas, yeah, and and especially we're, places you're walking. Yeah, we're right on the line. I mean, it's uh, twenty six degrees around Bennett and seventeen in York. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that's a fairly close. We get ten well, degrees difference. So my, so my hour by hour, Mark says we'll be at freezing by ten a.m. We'll what? be at thirty-two by ten a.m., thirty-five by eleven a.m. Uh, I don't know. This this thing is has changed a little bit in the last few hours. So. Okay. 
All right. Well, p- perhaps. So m- maybe the timing will be fortuitous here if the, the temperature gets high enough, and this isn't going to be a significant of an event. But be ready for perhaps some slip conditions uh, mid-morning and early afternoon here. Number three. Candidate for Lincoln's District 26 legislative seat demanding a hand recount of the November 8th election. Russ Barger, Russ Barger, that is, said Secretary of State Bob Evnen denied the request for a hand recount. He wants it done by machine. So Barger filed a lawsuit in Lancaster County District Court demanding that hand recount. So I don't, do, do you think he thinks he's got a better shot at at Absolutely. getting 120 whatever it is votes? 112 votes going a different direction with a hand recount than he does a machine recount for some reason? I would imagine. I guess the thought is the machine's going to spit out the same thing every time, and if there's a mistake inherent in the machine where this is happening, marks made and not read or something like that, a hand yeah. recount would pick that up or the machine wouldn't? Correct. It, uh, and you know, Look, I don't know. It seems... Even though even though that is a relatively small number of votes, that seems fairly unlikely. But nonetheless, it, it will be an interesting precedent this could set if he's successful here where candidates can say, okay, we want to, at our expense, we want a hand count here after this whole thing. Because I get it for a legislative race. We're talking, what, 10,000, 11,000 ballots? Right. But imagine this in... In another, like a statewide race, yeah, essentially. Right. Or you're talking a couple of hundred thousand right. votes, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that would be a, but it be doesn't, a different it deal. It doesn't sound like the, con- the state constitution spells it specifically yeah. one way or the other, so it's a decision. Yeah, the question is, I mean, the question for the court is, if it's not set said one way or the other, who gets to make the decision? Is it in the power of the Secretary of State's office to have the final say in how this office, or how this happens, or does the candidate, so long that they're paying for it, do they get to have the the say in how this happens exactly? And frankly, the law probably should be more clear. It should. Legislation isn't perfect. It rarely is perfect. Um, and this is one of those times where it's it's unclear exactly what can and can't be done here. Now, the Secretary of State's office, they said they said no. Which is which is you know a little bit interesting too because the Secretary of State's office is part of the uh, you know part of the the executive branch, you know Republicans executive branch obviously it's is headed up by Republicans here at this point but they still said no to this um, where which the candidate apparently think is a better chance of flipping the whole thing, giving the Republican the win and. Potentially flipping the balance of power in the entire legislature, well, as no, it comes it, to a, a filibuster-proof yeah, majority. Right. It, it's uh, the Republicans still in the nonpartisan unicameral. Right. Still right. hold uh, yeah, the majority, yes, but but it is the uh, filibuster that is on the edge here. Right. So I, I wonder why the Secretary of State's all, they. I. I mean. They probably just don't want people coming to them all the time asking for a hand recount, is yeah, my guess. That would be my guess, too. Yeah. So, All right, moving on. Number two. Jim Fillon's administration will mark the third term in a row that the governor's mansion will lack a full-time resident. He announced uh, Columbus is going to be his primary residence uh, for his first term. Uh, he cited the family as the main reason, as his youngest son is still in high school, and... He's got a lot of grandchildren that live. Uh, in I get the that. I mean, I absolutely get that that part of it. What I do not, man, back and forth to Columbus every day. 
75 miles. He says he's up early. Typically, we'll be in Lincoln until 5.30 or so. He says he'll be in Lincoln in the capital and in the state and all around. And so until In Lincoln till when? He says he's normally here till about 5.30. All right, so you're getting back at... I mean that's that's a seventy five mile drive that feels like two hours. Um, seven, I know it's seven thirty. Right, yeah, seven thirty. What? Got an hour and a half at home to have dinner. Is there a point where they make it? A go requir- to sleep and then wake up at at five four in the morning and get back out to Lincoln. Get there by six thirty. Is there a point where it becomes a requirement to live here? I doubt it. I mean, I I doubt. I mean, I I. I other than I mean, I think he's capable of of doing. Doing the things he needs to do, yeah. Um, from you know, from anywhere in the state, um, I think the que- people will probably just have questions about the cost to to drive back and forth every day. Um, I maybe. would ima- I would imagine he'll spend some nights there. I mean, you, when you, get uh, the, I, I would think so too. When you, you got to have events. How I mean, governors got to have events constantly sure. at night well, in and, Lincoln, and, and it's the uh, or other places in the you state. Know, it's the biennial uh, budget session, so it's the ninety day session of unicameral. There's going to be things going on, you know, shortly after he takes office. Well, I wonder, like, just honest question. There's got to be nights, yes, where he would stay in Lincoln. I would think I would at least, uh, even if I was in his situation. When you've got an event that goes till eight thirty at night, and you got to be there. For a meeting at seven a.m. the next morning, why drop? Why are you going back just to sleep? Yeah. Um, do, do, does and I don't know if Ricketts did this. Like, do they still go over to the mansion and sleep there? Like, do they have a, a bedroom that well, they use there? Isn't there a residence quarter upstairs? Is that uh, I, upstairs where at the mansion? At the mansion. I, well, there's resi- There's plenty of quarters where you can sleep there in the mansion. Yep. That's why I didn't know if they still still end up going there and and using it for that purpose. Well, and I know there was a few years ago, Thomas texted us on the Rickstein Recognition Talking Text Line said, Governor Ricketts sold a night at the mansion on a charity auction a few years ago. Yeah. They bought it and stayed a night. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Was that weird? <laughs> I wonder what that was like. I'd be curious to hear that. Hey, I'm telling you what. Uh, on the nights he's not there, VRBO that thing. Offset the cost from driving up and back to Columbus <laughs> every day, right? Or yeah, I mean, I think you get, I think you can get five hundred a night for that at least. People coming in town for a Husker football game. The, we're staying at the governor's we're mansion. At the VRBO, governor's right? Mansion. Now the cleaning fees. Tell you what, I don't know. Do you get? An, a, a, I don't know if the state patrol hanging out there is part of the deal or not, or what happens exactly. But I'd think about it. I would uh, I would do that. Where are you having your honeymoon? The governor's mansion. <laughs> uh, Number hey, one. Hey, kids, new staycation plan this summer. <laughs> kids running around in the backyard. Well, if they're going to do that, then let's have a civics class as part of it. All right, that, that'd be good. Yeah. A, full, a full immersive experience. Out of uh, the upset of 7th ranked Creighton Sunday, Nebraska looked to win their fourth straight road game last night against a top 25 team, but unlike Creighton, Indiana started fast, never let up, 81-65 at the end. I, I'll, I'll, I mean, given all of the circumstances, Nebraska coming off the biggest win probably in the Fred Hoiberg era, without Sam Griesel, if you missed it, Sam Griesel was, got to Bloomington, was under the weather, during the day, um, my 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 sources tell me that it was, you know, one of those stomach issues that you really can't just play through. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately for him, so he's not on the court. 
And Nebraska does lose by 16. So, you know, it, it was it was not, not a particularly close game, although they made a little bit of a charge in the second half. But, Caleb, I don't feel any worse. I, after that game, there's nothing discouraging to me about that game, um, given all of the circumstances and given the way that they never, I mean, that they did kind of fight in the entire thing. It felt like that thing could really get away yeah. at several points during the game. And it it never did. And Indiana got in the second half. They were making ridiculous three pointers. They were feeling in the second good. half of that game. Yeah, there's there's a lot to still feel. That Creighton good. didn't make. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to still feel good about this team because you were without your one of your leaders on the floor. You and you were without yeah. somebody who can calm some of the storm, who can handle the ball for one. And that that was one of the things that ne- Nebraska started to just not have good possessions because they didn't have somebody to, to initiate that offense. Yeah. To have Sam Griesel go through and say, this is what we're going to do with, with what we have. and um, So then you get behind early and then you kind of just play par and you get it a little bit closer. But Indiana was just feeling too comfortable. You hope that Griesel can get feeling better by this weekend. You hope that a, an illness didn't spread the 24-hour deal. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully nothing spreads to anyone else, and then you get number four Purdue coming to town on Saturday where I would expect a raucous crowd for that early, I think in, so. early in the afternoon. The, the last time a lot of those Nebraska fans saw the game in person, they were up in Omaha. So you've got to feel really good about this team coming home on Saturday um, as long as they're at full strength. That's going to be the most fired-up crowd in PBA since, I don't know, maybe the coming into the Creighton game last year, maybe, yeah. or maybe even before that. Probably coming into the Creighton game last yeah, year. Yeah, at least since the Creighton. But they game they last had a year. lot. They had already had things were already kind of looking down at that point last year with the loss to Western Illinois. So yeah, I expect it to feel a little different than it has in a while at Pinnacle Bank Arena on Saturday afternoon. So you had that, and then go. you had the uh, the women just yes. roll Wisconsin. Oh my gosh. Uh, no Izzy Bourne, uh, who had on the bench arm in a sling, got hurt at practice earlier Ugh. this week. They're getting tough year with injuries. Yeah, for for them, but. Yeah, they seem to be hitting their stride in a way that they didn't early in the season. And Wisconsin's not. They've had Wisconsin's number. Uh, but the way that they did it with the Jazz Shelley just you know shooting it over her shoulder, you know, kicking thir- the ball in the hoop. 31 points, doing, hits a half quarter, doing whatever. perfect stuff on the floor, <laughs> making it. And I guess we should also mention while we're talking sports here at the end, we are uh, two hours from first serve. That's right. Jeez. <laughs> so crazy. Hour and a half from pregame starting that over on B1073. Two hours, Nebraska volleyball against Oregon. Hopefully Oregon's got, got the uh, sleep in their eyes still. I, I really want Man, to... I liked it when it was the World Cup uh, on the other side of the world. Weird when it's Nebraska Yeah, volleyball. when it's something I care about a little bit more, <laughs> that feels a bit different. All right, so there you go. We'll grab a break right now. That is your morning drive. That's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. You're listening to Lincoln's News and Talk 1400-993 KLIN. This month, you're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499-3 KLIN. All right, 21 degrees in the capital city. Coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, Robin Eshelman, Dave Alberts, the Grow Lincoln team, new restaurants, retail, businesses. Where are they moving? What are they doing? What's going on? They've got the latest. Uh, Voice of the Big Red, Greg Sharp, joins us as well at 835. Caroling trip comes up on Sunday. We're going to go to South Point. We're going to go downtown. We're going to go to the state capitol. If you want to be a part of it, we would love for you to join us. KLIN.com, sign up. We're going to load the bus at 3 o'clock on Sunday, and there's still space on it for you. It is 8 o'clock on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499.3 KLIN. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. Glad to have you with us. Well, uh, it's uh, just a single member. Half the Grow Lincoln team joining us today. Dave out vacationing. Uh, but that means Robin Eshelman is here to talk uh, talk business, openings, closings, restaurants, retail, and more. Hi, Robin. How are you? Hello. Doing? Happy right. holiday season to uh, you guys. Same, same to you. Um, yeah, we got we got a lot to get into today. We got a lot of news, and so without any further ado, I think we will just jump in to the things that you've got today. Um, and my list just went away, so I'm gonna I'm gonna delay while I uh, while I tell you a little bit more about that. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, things that we got going on today. Uh, let's go through some malls. Um, we got stores opening, retail malls at multiple spots here in the capital city right we now. We do still, still a good level of health with with those those facilities here in Lincoln. It's impressive what they have done to rebound from you know what. And so what we did was we asked for a report of what stores do you have in your mall this year that you didn't have at Christmas last year that maybe Mm -hmm. people might think about going to. Um, And some of these we have reported on your show and, you know, the whole construction supply chain thing has been so slow that you probably forgot about it. But Mm -hmm. here's sort of an update. Um, South Point Mall has had... Um, a couple of the personal services that have opened in just recent weeks and months. Amazing Lash and Invents Nail Spa. And then Alumni Hall. Remember that sports fan store? Yeah. They went into a oh, what? That that one store where they used to sell little kids clothing. Um, they it's, oh it's yes nor- north of Sarder Heyman yes like across the sidewalk to the I don't north. Re- I'm think the name is on the tip of my tongue. I, know, I can the kids clothing see place, the windows, but, but yeah, yeah alum- alumni hall's there. Yeah, alumni hall is there. Lululemon, unfortunately, um, still working on construction. I th- okay. I am sure they hoped to be open in time, but didn't quite make it. Um, but yeah, they will be coming soon, and we do have one of those downtown. Really popular mm-hmm. clothing for men and women. Eco Ramen is a restaurant that is coming soon to oh, South really? Point. So yes. they're bringing a ramen place to South Point. To South Point. It's Omaha based. They've got, I think, two or three stores up there. And they do the, I'm probably killing the pronunciation, udon, miso, kimchi, and buffalo cauliflower for those. Uh, 
want something a little strange. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun. And then JoJo's Diner also, wow. Omaha-based, will be coming to South Point Mall. And when they get here, they're going to have burgers, barrio fries, avocado toast, um, a giant cinnamon roll for $13. <laughs> it just sounds massive. Wow. Yeah. So... No, the, like, that sounds like a place. That sounds like a place that would uh, have breakfast. It sounds like um, they're going to so do they're... a little bit of everything. Being a diner, yeah. So I'm pulling up their website. Oh yeah, they are. De- I'm pulling up their website from Benson right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Benson's original breakfast and late night dinner. Modern take on traditional diners of mid-century America, serving up dinner-style delicacies like country fried steak and chicken and waffles, open for breakfast all the way till late night in uh, in Benson. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They brought that from, huh, that's an interesting concept to bring over to the South Point area. Yeah. there. You know, there is an IHOP that opened recently in the food court across the street, you know, where um, Red Robin is and yeah. Starbucks and and that is open. And of course, you still have Village Inn at 27th. Yes. That's been there for My a goodness. Couple, couple decades. So Again, that's three options. I right? want to play the game. Throw a throw a three quarter mile <laughs> ring around 27th and Pine Lake and see how many restaurants that fall into it. Yeah. Uh, we talked yeah. about that, I think, just a week ago. It's so. a dining destination. Very cool. So Gateway. All Unbelievable is the newest in the food court there. So okay. there's your chicken and stuff. And then some new stores that have opened just recently there are Shiloh Scrubs and more. Okay. Great Plains Tactical, which is uniform. And there is a new women's fashion store, Daily Threads. And then another store called Awakenings, and they sell crystals, sage products, wellness, and home decor. Okay. So there's so still shop, growth, shopping con- stuff for you. Continued growth happening at Gateway, or at least at least not, you know, when there are spaces, they're getting filled up. Yeah, I I walked through, did some did my Christmas shopping there last weekend, and it was definitely busy, thriving, active. You know, shops that the shops may not be as huge as they used to be in the old days. But there's a lot of different things, a lot of locally owned, so you can get something unique, mm-hmm. you know. And if, you know, all of us who have tried online ordering, um, <clears throat> sometimes you get it right. Sometimes it comes in and it's, mm-hmm. oh, this is cheaply made. And mm-hmm. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't feel yeah. it to yeah. see if it was quality. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to hit the local I, I still, I mean, I still do. I still kind of like the. There's still enough nostalgia for me in the mall experience yeah. that every once in a while, you know, if I'll, I, I I like to do that and actually, you know, go have a lot of places right next go to me. Go get a pretzel I'll do Christmas. or a coffee. You know, yeah, I, I'll be at Gateway at some point. I think every every holiday season for I am sure. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I, I just... and South Point too, uh, but but get, but Gateway I think which is the bigger challenge, a place like that because in that in that kind of genre of mall so many of them around the country have really struggled and it's just it's just not happened we've been lucky yeah Yeah. we've been lucky and as we i think we mentioned last week that dillard's was going to expand and you know it's kind of interesting to look at that that's supposed to be open pretty quick so yeah that could i mean just look at i mean just look at crossroads in omaha just look at these these malls all over that are just in the middle of cities and they're just I mean, kind of eyesores yeah. because they're they're kind of a, they're we, abandoned or close to abandoned. We have been fortunate. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, all right, let's get to some other news. We got a lot of restaurant news. What do you want to start with, Robin? Tons of restaurants. Okay, Big Sal's Pizza on eight thirty eight North Twenty Seventh. Close. That was yeah. It's like the Vine Street sort of area. Um, Laziz Pizza and Grill. Oh, really? And been difficult to find information. They don't seem to have a. a, I'm just googling right now. I got something from another state. So uh, you know, uh, or yeah. maybe it was I think another, that's what I got. another country. Yeah, it, well, I don't think it's the same one. Um, uh, yeah, mine came. Mine's from uh, British Columbia. Yeah, I doubt it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what we know is pizza. Right. <laughs> so someone must have gone in to reuse that. Well, let's see here. I'm just. I want to make sure. I'm. I'm pulling up something here that I want to see if it might be. Is it? Do you know? Do you even know if it's? Local, or it might be something that franchises. I'm okay. not. I'm not sure. Right. I, oh no, this isn't it. There's another thing I found. I just found a website, Lazyz Pizza, that is franchisable, but it says the best pizza in India and Nepal. Right. That's what I found too. Uh, okay. I, I don't think this is probably the there same. Are locations thing. in India, Nepal, and Lincoln, Nebraska. Well, so what we need is people who have tried Lazy's Pizza. Okay. You need to text us or put something on our Facebook page or Twitter at Grow yeah. Lincoln. Hey, glad they got something there right away. Tell uh, us more about it. it. I'm sad yeah. Big Sal's left, but uh, glad they're glad they're getting something back in there. All right, what else do you have? Panera Bread opened on December 6th, according to one person. I wasn't able to confirm that, but apparently up at 27th and Superior, they must be Sounds very likely. almost there. And again, you know, don't everybody rush out the first day. Extend mercy and grace. They are learning their new building and their new equipment and yeah. new employees new 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 so now panera patient. does the thing where you order at little you can order at little kiosks yes um, they've got the kiosk right yeah. in the store and they kind right the of mm-hmm. let you know they prefer that you do it that way <laughs> yeah and they've got an app and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i like it i like it it's yeah. nice i went to the panera on I've been to both the South Twenty Seven or the the South Fourteenth Panera and the O Street within the last two weeks. The one on O Street, I felt so 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 sorry for him that day. I like I made an order on my app at eleven o'clock for eleven mm-hmm. thirty, and I got there and there were thirty other people waiting for their oh, lunch. No. And they said we have um, two new people and then two people that didn't call in or oh, that no. didn't call in for work today. And you just oh you just feel so. bad for you know the manager when things like that happen uh all right downtown lincoln 13th and O. uh what do we have 664 tacos and bar has opened there that's an earlier one the girl lincoln team didn't find out about this till recently i think it got open in the spring or the summer um but they've got the street tacos Ooh, i'm looking at the website the menu looks pretty good there i looked the menu the we- they did a good job with the website making they the food did. look really good. The I'll tell you that much. Good. Just looking at it, I am intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that, but we might have to put that we'll one on our do an L and K today excursion. Down yeah, to we might have to do that one on our. So, oh, I was just going to say we may have to do a lunch thing, but they're open six p.m. to midnight. Oh, so they're really. Oh, you have yeah. to go at night. Yeah, yeah. So they're hitting the bar. They're hitting crowd. the bar. Cra- although they're not. Super late night bar crowd, <laughs> which I'm not the super late night. Yeah. Like this might be me. Yeah, this might be catered. This might you might be the prime demographic yeah. for this one. And oh, this isn't a, this isn't a franchise, right? This is just a just a local. No, place? it's a local. 
Who right. let's is, see. Is, is 664 I, Taco and Bar going to get into uh, Munch Madness then? Could be. Yeah, just says uh, Chef Frankie and his team have mastered the art of authentic Tijuana street f- food and brought it right here to downtown Lincoln. And uh, yeah, I think okay. that's their only store that it, it appeared on that website. Yeah. Caleb, go check it out. Deal. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, is that it for the... Uh, oh, there was one... Uh, Robin, I don't know. There was one that was up here about 70th and Van Dorn. It kind of got copied into the other... Put in the wrong yeah, place. do you want to hit that one? Uh, they're closing. Um, Alert fan Sharon notified us that Colby Ridge at 70th and Van Dorn was closed. Um, Colby Ridge confirmed they're not relocating. Okay, well, that's combined with a good rich. So is it just the Colby Ridge part of it, do we know? Or is that the um, whole thing? She said she looked in the window and there was ductwork hanging down. Oh. So, like, really closed. Oh, okay. Because I would mainly think of that as as a, the good rich is what I would call it. So, Well, mm. yeah, because uh, they yeah. team up and some of The former, I can't believe it's yogurt. That's um, yes, that's what. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mr. Eshelman was commenting. Didn't we used to take our little kidlet there for yogurt oh, back in the we, old they, days? They used to have a deal on football Saturdays. You would get a, the percent off of however many points Nebraska football scored that day. And of course, this was in like you know 1994, so they were putting yeah. up 70 a game. You'd be like, that, your yogurt is eight cents. Yeah, uh, so we did that a lot. <laughs> Uh, all right, retail news. Uh, more more in that general area, 70th and Pioneers. Our friend Matt Olberging at the Lincoln Journal-Star is reporting that Footloose and Fancy um, closed their 70th and Pioneers location and also is moving their 1219 Peace Street location to 1222 oh. Peace Street. So, so across the street. Right, you know, yeah. right there. The former Swanson Russell building. Um, and we had noticed that the, the, they had gotten a liquor license back in August. And so you can not only drink while you're shopping, but you can rent the store. Rent the shoe store? <laughs> For your party. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yes. Huh. Different. Yeah. All right. But apparently they did a beautiful job of remodeling. Pretty proud of the space. I believe that they also are the owners of the Swenson Russell building. So it kind of, ah, kind of okay. makes sense that they would consolidate a couple of. Lo- I bet it's cool. Locations. I don't, it, I bet it's, I bet when you get there, you, it all makes sense, but yeah. All right. Interesting. Um, and then uh, still downtown, uh, what near the near the football stadium, Tenth and Q? What do we got? Tenth and Q Street um, University just rolled out an announcement within the past week. The highly visible Westbrook Music Building, um, and you can see this when you're on your way to the stadium, and you look over to the right, and you can see the Lead Center and this little. Um, rectangular brick building that yes. sits like right in front of it, and there's parking, and you're tempted to park in yes, there. You, you never pull your can. car in and realize <laughs> there's, I'm going to the musical, and there's a little parking lot that nobody that discovered. Lucky using, me! But I'm going to get a massive ticket if I park because it's, you know yes. this is for the music I'm, building students. Yeah, <laughs> student parking. Yeah, so that is all going to change. Um, they're going to partly demolish that. And do a seventy-five million dollar rebuild. What? Seven? I mean, massive rebuild. Seventy-five. Mi- what? Yeah, and they're going to pull the building closer to that corner to kind of make that you know less look like less like a parking lot with trees and have it look more active there. That price is insane. It's a big, isn't it? Am I wrong about that? Well, they're 
tearing down a a mid-century modern building. Is that the right architectural term for 1960s? Yeah, it's yeah, it's not the t- it's not the style that necessarily aged well. Like, yeah, it didn't apparently yeah. age well. They they even had trouble, you know, it was concrete black building, which is how they all were back mm-hmm. in the 60s, but it wasn't proper. I mean, for as much as they knew back then, they didn't design it soundproofy enough. You know, this is music, so you have mm-hmm. tubas and the marching band, the Cornetsker oh, marching band, okay. and you have students practicing their instruments, and the, sh- the number of decibels was like doing damage to people's ears. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So they're tearing a lot of it down. Okay. Alright, very good. Um, I think that's all you got. Right, we got through it all, didn't we? That was a lot. Of, that was a lot. You a lot had a lot of good stuff there. Uh, all right, very good. No, no, girl, Lincoln. But we do want to remind people that our goal is to get the K L I N building sold. Yes. So since we don't have a show, we'll be working on trying to find a buyer or a tenant for your building so you guys can move. That would be that'd be great. All right, no that's show. Our, so that's our goal for twenty twenty three is to get is you it? guys into a new building. I agree. So if anybody needs something to buy. <laughs> it's a Christmas OC- miracle. <laughs> there you go. Yes, that would be quite the Christmas miracle. All right. Thank you very much, Robin. I appreciate it. Have a good uh, Have a good rest of your week. All right. We'll see you guys. All right. 22 degrees in the capital city. Got to break. Caleb's got to check sports. Coming up right after this on Lincoln's News and Talk 1499.3 KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. All right, 836, time to talk Huskers with the voice of the Big Red, Greg Sharp. Morning, Greg. How you doing today? Hey, Jack, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, we're doing a, it's, it feels a little weird for me to be on the morning show and be like, well, first serve for volleyball an hour and a half away, but here we are. So, uh, yeah, Nebraska volleyball gets going a little bit. Uh, we'll, we maybe will delve into that a little bit more, but I, I want to talk a little football with you to start because we're in the, you know, big week period of offseason news from coaching hires to the transfer portal to those sorts of things. Greg, I kind of gird myself every day, uh, to, to see kind of a deluge of transfers of names who are contributors last year and who I'm hoping are sticking around for this year. And it just, days keep passing and it's not happening. Now I know it still could, but what do you make of, 
of kind of that, like, you know, you know, you haven't seen an A.J. Allen, haven't seen a Casey Thompson, haven't seen a, you know, a, maybe a, a Nelson, uh, those kind of guys. What do you make of, of that fact so far? And obviously it still could happen. Yeah, I'm encouraged by it. I think we thought we might see like a full open faucet, but it's been kind of a slow trickle, right? I mean, there's been a handful of them and you knew that would happen. And there's been some painful ones that have entered. Ernest Hausman leads that yes. list. You don't yeah. you hate to see that. And you hope maybe he, Maybe he decides to stay in the end, and that's obviously an option for him as well. And then I, I, I've been a big Jamari Butler fan for yeah. the last year plus. I heard you like, say that yeah. last night. Is that just getting yeah. to know him a little bit? Just a person, and I love his upside. I think he's going to oh. be a really good player, but he's just stuck at a spot that yeah. it's been hard to get on the field. Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner, and then the addition of O'Shawn Mathis last spring. Yeah. So that one hurt a little bit. But, yeah, I, I think we all anticipated that it was going to be Worse than what it's been, and it still could. You have a it's a forty five day window, Jack, for the the portal to be open. It started on Monday, so it goes into okay. mid January. So it allows the teams that and players that are on bull teams to go through that experience and then maybe decide to jump then. Mm-hmm. So there's still there's still some movement to be happening, but I think some of this is a great credit to Matt Rule. I think a lot of them have had a chance to meet him and have liked him and have said, okay, I'm going to give this guy a shot. So I, I think it is a real positive for Coach Rule. And I guess there's also, I mean, there's probably some thought, too, that players might go through the spring and kind of see what the spring's like, because they could also make that decision in the spring, correct? A hundred percent. And you'll see some more attrition after the spring practices end. You'll you'll, have more guys who give it a shot and go, man, I'm still low on the depth chart. I need to go find something else. Or I don't mix with my new position coach. So, yeah, and there is a second portal window that opens in late April and into early May. And so there'll be more that will happen then. I'm curious. There's two sides of this, and and, and it is still a little weird to me that college football basically has a free agency period. But nonetheless, it is what it is at this point. And there's the seeing who's going, and then you've got to be a buyer, or most schools want to be at least some sort of a buyer. Uh, Where do you think, if you think Nebraska looks into the transfer portal, what positions kind of, with, with the specific need that there is, suit the transfer portal best, where they might really be looking for something there for somebody who can contribute immediately? It's along the lines. And the problem is there's not usually a lot of offensive linemen that jump into the portal. Nebraska got two last year in Hunter Anthony from Oklahoma State and then Kevin Williams from northern Colorado who grew up in Omaha. But it's it's slim pickings, mm-hmm. particularly on the offensive side. But, yeah, they'll, they'll constantly be keeping their eye on the portal for those two positions. And I think, and I said this to you last week, I, I get a good sense. I think Casey Thompson's probably going to come back. Yeah. And so I don't think Nebraska probably, I mean, not that they completely close their eyes to the quarterback portal, but it's not maybe as big a, a concern if you feel like you've got him coming back with a returning veteran guy like that. But uh, I think they've already offered a couple of defensive linemen that have been in the portal. I think there may be even one that's coming for a visit this weekend. So, yeah, th- those are the two areas that you have to try to find maybe a, a somebody that can come in and contribute right away. Isn't it weird? It does feel like wide receivers are way easier to get than linemen. Yeah. And yeah. in theory, there should be, you know, the same sort of numbers of them. Um, it's not, you know, I don't, it's just odd with, with the portal and that, and that whole thing. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I just kind of curious, and, and I know, I don't know if this was the case for you, but 
I I didn't, you know, without some reports coming early, I just didn't know much about the assistant coaches that were coming in and and that have been here so far. But I'm just kind of curious, generally, with what we know so far about what this staff looks like, what does it tell? What does it say to you about kind of um, of what Matt Rule wants to do here going forward? Well, for the most part, remember his press conference. He said, "I look for young, energetic." Guys, and I think you've kind of seen a common thread with a couple of the, the announced hires of guys that are younger in their careers, but he knows they're going to go bust it, and he's got a good feel for them. He has a knowledge of them, whether they played for him at Temple or Baylor or they were on his staff at one of those two places. In, in some ways, he's gotten the band back together uh, with some of these people that he's put on the staff. Now, there's still some openings. There's a couple, I think there's still five openings. There's been Pretty hot rumors on the two of those five maybe already filled. Uh, but, yeah, to me it seems like the, it's a youthful staff, and it's a staff that knows him, and he knows them, and so that they feel like they can hit the ground running. But there's still some big ones. I, I'm really, and I think all of us are really anxious to see what he does at the defensive coordinator spot. Yeah, well, and that's the interesting interesting thing, Greg, because we heard about kind of the pool, the dollars that were going to be available for the assistant coaches, and Nebraska didn't skimp on that. Um, and it kind of makes you wonder: is okay? Are they are they going to go go big on one of these? And I suppose defensive coordinator might be the one where that seems like that would be the most likely now going two, forward. The two the two coordinator positions, yeah. and and Marcus Satterfield is in in hand already. Mm-hmm. The offensive coordinator, we don't know the breakout yet. Of what he makes, but yeah, you go big there. Now you know you don't have to spend it all. I mean, this isn't like a state government budget. Where you go, <laughs> oh, we got it. We better spend it. He doesn't have to spend it all. It's there, available. Trev has made it available to him. That here's where here's your budget, right? You know, and you know. So I don't know that he'll spend every dollar of it. But yeah, the two coordinators where you sink a, a good chunk of your money into. I want to ask you, um, it, it, it looks like Donovan Rayola is going to be the one holdover from the last staff, and, and obviously it's no secret that the, the offensive line had its struggles last year. You and I talked about it several times, and so I think you got a lot of fans who are scratching their heads um, uh, about that. But what do you think there? What do you think Matt Rule maybe saw in that possibility to, to keep him around and why something that seemed so unlikely like that might have happened? Yeah, I think, you know, if you'd have laid a bet, which former assistant would stay, he'd probably have been pretty low on your list, right? I mean, but, but I, one, I think it's probably a little unfair to totally grade Donovan on last year. He got here in January, so he really didn't have any input in recruiting any of that group. And then it got hit with a suspension to Nuri, injuries to Teddy. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, and I think we've even talked about this in, over the last month. I think that group got a little bit better as the season kind of went on. The, the sack totals came down. So I think there was some progress made late in the season, not nearly enough, and it's got to get way better. But I'm told that the, that they, the two gentlemen had multiple conversations. And as they got into philosophical talk, they lined up in a lot of ways. And so I think. There was a comfort level there with Coach Rural that, that Donovan uh, needs at least be given another another crack at this thing. And so let's see what he can do with a year under his belt now with this current group. And I'll tell you this, Jack, just talking to some of the players that he coaches, they really like him. They like playing for him. And I'm sure that probably came across when he talked to some players, too, is that there's a nice bond between Donovan and, and that group.
Yeah, uh, it's yeah, yeah, and, and and you make a good good point too. And th- there's work to be done there, but getting a couple of young bodies that you expected to be contributing last year back right off the bat is going to put you in a better better position to start with that whole thing. And and um, yeah, it, it it'll it'll be fascinating to see where that offensive line goes going forward. By the way, I'm just curious about your your how about what with what's going on at Wisconsin now, hmm. where it looked like Leonard was going to stay. Then he didn't, and now he's not. We don't know where he's going to go. Some people think, hey, maybe you go for him at Nebraska. Then they hire North Carolina's offensive coordinator in Longo, who's, you know, he'll run it some, but this is not the Wisconsin offense that we're used to. If that's what he's. T- Are you ready for Wisconsin to be a passing attack, Greg? I, I don't even yeah. know what to do with that. That's going to be odd. But talking to some of the Wisconsin people when they were in Lincoln for the game back in mid November, they realized that for them to, to take that next step and to compete with the Ohio States and, and the, the powers to be in college football, that they needed to open up the offensive playbook from what it's been. So I think that was a real strong emphasis in the coaching hire of Luke Fickle. And Luke Fickle's a defensive guy. So I had yeah. a feeling that the Leonard relationship probably wouldn't last long. So I'm not surprised by that at all. But you're right. It's going to be – I mean, look at the whole – the whole division, and I know we're probably doing away with divisions, but Jeff Brom leaves Purdue yesterday yeah. to go to Louisville, so they're now in the market. Pat Fitzgerald has let some of his assistant coaches go in, so he's remaking his staff, new staff at Wisconsin, new staff at Nebraska. It's going to be a different-looking Big Ten West moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and it feels like, you know, Ference is, is probably on the very tail end of his career, one would think. Yeah. I don't know how much longer, you know, Fitzgerald's going to be able to keep that going at Northwestern if if that's what's happening. And on the other side of things, if Bielema keeps doing what he's doing at Illinois, he's going to get some calls from other places. So, um, yeah, it could be. It could be. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That was Caleb. Wow. That came on the mic. That was a loud one. That's impressive. <laughs> hey, Greg, I uh, we didn't we didn't even really get a chance. How about that Creighton game? Man, holy cow, that, that Nebraska-Creighton you know, basketball. How shocked were you, first of all? You just think about the last three weeks. I mean, I know we're kind of used to a lot of groin kicks. Right yeah. Here, but <laughs> we, beat, we beat Iowa to finish the football season. We beat Creighton. The women knock off Maryland, Maryland for the first time in their history. You know, volleyball's again in the Sweet 16. I mean, there's been some really fun things that have happened here. And I, yeah, I've been kind of telling you the last month or so, I like this Husker team. Yeah. Again, I'm not. I'm not – I'm not projecting them to be an NCAA tournament team, but I think we're going to have some fun watching this team play over the next couple of months. I love their spirit and fight. I felt awful for Sam to be sick and not be able to play last night. But, yeah, I, I just think Fred's done a really nice job and kind of remaking it. It, it goes against Fred Hoiberg's instinct, Jack. He doesn't want to kind of run this style in a lot of ways. But he knows that this fits his team, and it gives him the best chance to win. Yeah, and I don't know if you're like I am. Maybe I had rose-colored glasses on, and and they certainly didn't play great last night. But I had a hard time going away from that game last night without Greasel, with Indiana just hitting shots all over the place from long range, feeling all that discouraged or or like you know I I've got to change perception after the Creighton game. Did you feel the same way? Well, when you play Indiana, you got to try to control Trace Jackson Davis, and I know he had a triple-double, but they didn't let him go off for 30, and you make other people beat you. Well, those other people stepped up last night and made shots. Galloway's not going to score 20-plus most nights for them, and uh, who's the other kid? Brooks, who made a bunch of threes for them. That, That just doesn't happen for them night in and night out. So it was just a night that Indiana hit a bunch of shots. And I looked at this little three-game stretch that we're in now, 
And if I would have asked you a week ago, would you take one in one of the three? You'd have gone hundred percent. Yeah. Well, then they've already checked that box. Yeah. So they're kind of playing with free money, even Saturday with Purdue. But to me, the next huge game for them will be a week from Saturday when they're in Kansas City yep. playing K State. Yeah. Yeah, you got you got a chance to go through with uh, only the what the three losses in non conference. Um, if if you do that, if you pull Kansas State and assuming you can beat Queens College, um, that's a uh, that's a pretty solid non conference record to uh, bolster what your resume is here, whatever that is for some sort of postseason play. Because you you know you want to be under over five hundred overall if you can um, to really get the NIT to maybe really look at you. So I know that's putting the cart way ahead of the horse, but yeah, they've been um, they've been they've been very fun to watch i think i think saturday at pba greg is gonna feel a little different in a good well, way than it has in a i actually in a really long time there probably well and let's hope there's a really good crowd i mean saturday afternoon basketball what else is going on this weekend i mean i think i, I really hope the fans come out and show their appreciation yeah. for how hard this team is playing and oh by the way there might be a sighting of a new football coach. I wondered Saturday. I wondered. Yeah, I wondered if the timing worked out for that. So, yeah, that would that would jack things up even more a little bit for that game and also hopefully leading into a volleyball game uh as well, which uh yeah, we probably should talk a little volleyball. I, I, I Greg, I think everybody who's watched the team a lot felt like they, you know, m- this weekend they got by, uh, but they still aren't quite looking themselves. And I don't know that they're ever going to completely look themselves without Kenzie Knuckles playing. But I guess if if there's if there's anybody who can sort of use that in a positive, in a weird way, um, to to get Nebraska going here, it's it's John Cook without Knuckles. But it's still it's still going to be a little bit of an uphill battle this weekend. What do you think? Yeah, he's. We, we've all come to learn you don't bet against Coach Cook in December. But this is a pretty big challenge. I mean, it's just been a team that maybe played some of its better volleyball early, and that's usually the reverse for John Cook. Usually he builds, but the knuckles injury changes the components. At least they got Nicklin Haynes back. She suffered a concussion in the Wisconsin match when she took a smash off of her head, and that's what kept her out of a couple of matches there, the Minnesota match and the Delaware State. But she did get back. She she knows how to play in big matches like this. Mm-hmm. And Whitney Lonstein, you hope she's over her illness that maybe it's kind of going through the athletic department right now. <laughs> Everybody's got it. Night. Yeah. So you hope Whitney's 100% when they go. Coach Cook yesterday at the media session in Louisville said they had an unreal practice on Wednesday. He goes, obviously, we hope that carries over to today. But this should be fun. And uh, this is a program that expects to win matches like this, and it should be a lot of fun here in an hour. Yeah, uh, it'll be good. By, by the way, there's going to be, I mean, you probably have some Husker fans, but other than that, they're playing that in the Yum Center, right? I know. There's, that's yeah. going to be a cavern, I would think. That'll be weird. It'd be, it'd be like the Huskers going from Devaney to, to PBA because Louisville plays volleyball in their, in their on-campus arena, their old basketball arena, which is Freedom Hall, which is, which is tiny. Place as well. Yeah. But yeah, so, I just it, I, there's just not going to be any. But I mean, the Louisville fans that you know they might they might have a few that come and watch, but they're going to wait for their match with a 10 a.m. local start. I would guess. Well, I would guess maybe by set three of the Nebraska match, a lot of their fans will start to file in the building, so that'll feel more of yeah. an energy thing. And but you talk about the early start. Think about that for Oregon, Jack. It's going to be eight in the morning for them. I think yeah. the, the time thing might actually benefit Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. Weirdly enough. Weirdly enough, um, the fans probably still don't like it. John Cook doesn't like it, but you might be right about that. Um, and then, and then I got you know I'd be remiss if I didn't also you you threw it in there a little bit earlier. Um, let's get back to basketball, but women's basketball this time. Um, Amy Williams looks like she's got this team 
playing uh, it at a level I think that people maybe expected that wasn't quite there at the beginning of the season. And it doesn't hurt when Jazz Shelley is just doing like Steph Curry things. But uh, what are your thoughts on kind of how that team is, has changed a little bit in how the, the early season has gone? Yeah, she's been on a heater, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes back to the Mississippi State game in Puerto Rico where she, they're in overtime and she makes four straight threes on four straight trips down the court. And then, you know, they, they got beat up at Virginia Tech, but I love the way they responded and came and took took Maryland down. I mean, I, t- I saw Jeff Grease the other day in the hall, and I said, have you ever been on a road trip where you had two two scores of that wide swing where you get beat <laughs> that bad one game, and then you turn around and you win that big of the other game? It was not even close. Yeah. And then last night, to back, Wisconsin's not very good. So no. um, and the one thing, they got to get Lexus Markowski going a little bit. Her numbers have not quite jumped up to the level that you thought that they might. And then what, whatever's going on with Izzy Bourne did not play last night, had her arm in a swing. That's a, li- that's a little concerning yeah. moving forward. But they, last night was the first of five straight home games for them. And so a chance for them to really start to build some momentum up. Yeah, I, I I got a chance to watch a bunch of that Maryland game, and I'd seen a little bits and pieces of them through the year, but I was watching that Maryland game, and I I was kind of like, I don't know how this team's even lost a game, though they were playing so well in that game, uh, just, just to give people an idea. So, yeah, just got to... Got to be consistent with that, but I think that's going to be a fun ride as we get into the year. All right, I think we covered the gamut, uh, Greg, uh, of all of the things going on. Busy time. Uh, what do we get? Let's see. So there's volleyball during the day. No basketball tonight, so we do have a sports night late tonight, correct? Yep. Two full hours. We'll have reaction from Louisville. Uh, whether we get a player or JB or Lauren Cook on, we'll have this reaction to the hopefully a Husker victory over over Oregon there. Jeremiah Searles is going to pop in and give us his thoughts about the new coaching staff and the direction of Husker football. And another sport that we haven't talked about, we're going to have Mikey Labrioli, the 174-pound wrestler yeah. for the Huskers who won the Cliff Keen invitation last week. He's up to number two in the country. Wrestler of the class. week. Yeah. Wrestler of the week for the NCAA. So yep. we'll have Mikey on tonight. I heard you and Jess talking about that last night. So yeah, they, they had a, they had a good weekend too and promising as well. Hey, uh, Greg, thanks so much for your time. I always enjoy the conversation. We will uh, do it again next week. All right. Uh, well, you bet. Hope Caleb got a Kleenex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he, we don't want him getting the cold that all the Huskers have. Uh, we're passing good. it to any of them. Hey, thanks, Greg. Talk to you later. You bet. Greg Sharp. Voice of the Big Red and also host of Sports Nightly right here on KLIN. All right, Safe 55, wrap up the show right for this on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news in sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, I'm seeing some tweets that maybe we're starting to get some of that drizzle right now in the capital city. Still at 23 degrees. So if that is the case, things uh, if you're getting out and about, if you're walking around uh, here in the next uh, the next hour or so, maybe going to see some slickness that you weren't seeing with your morning commute today. So be aware of that. All right, uh, things to mention here before we wrap it up. Uh, we are just a few days away now from the KLIN bus caroling tour. Uh, I know I keep talking about it, but I'd love for you guys to be a part of it. I'd love to meet some of the listeners. Uh, Caleb and I will be a part of this, and we'll be we'll be uh, going around town with you. 
Um, a lot, lot of families coming, kids coming. Uh, our listener, uh, Brett, is going to be uh, running the running the running the music. Our musical director, so you don't have to worry about me doing that. It's so much we, fun. We got lyric sheets. We're going to go to we're going to go to the hospital. We're going to go to South Point. We're going to go to the Capitol. We're going to go Tower Square, the Haymarket. Um, it's going to be great. So you can still be a part of it. Go to KLIN.com. We just need you to let us know how many people you want to bring so we make sure there are enough seats on the bus. Okay. And then, Caleb, tomorrow, tomorrow, Request Line Friday. If you missed the season premiere last week, you don't want to miss the episode tomorrow. because the Christmas songs you love to hate. To hate. And there are some doozies out there that you may not even known about. So, it's uh, we're gonna we're gonna get them all, and it's it's <laughs> there are some good ones already. It's in the bank. so bad, it's good. Let's say that it's the thing you can't turn away from. It's so entertaining. So we'll see you tomorrow. Text those requests in now. Nine o'clock, KLI and Lincoln.